Welcome back to the Family CTO Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about, well, podcasts. That's right, it's a podcast about podcasting. Almost like a coffee table book about coffee tables. And who better to have as our guest on this podcast about podcasting than the prolific Jordan Rich. After that, we'll discuss two great kits you can use for podcasting, recording video, or just having fun. But for now, let's get right to our guest. I am honored to have as my very first guest on the Family CTO podcast, a true radio and podcasting legend, Mr. Jordan Rich. With a career spanning over 40 years in the Boston area, Jordan's voice has been featured in countless commercials and narrations. For two decades, he hosted his own late night talk show on WBZ Radio where he was nice enough to have me on as a guest a few times over the years. And now the company he co-runs, Chart Productions, produces not only radio and TV commercials, but also, appropriately enough for our discussion, a number of podcasts, including On Mike with Jordan Rich, where he chats with talented local New England creators in the arts, as well as such well-known celebrities as William Shatner, Billy West, Ed Asner, Anson Williams, and the list goes on. Jordan, it's so great to be talking with you again. Likewise, Scott. Thank you for that uh, lovely introduction. It's great to be with you again. We were talking before, it seems like podcasts have been around a while, but have only more recently begun to explode in popularity. Why do you think that is? If you look at it from the historical perspective, I think 2004 was the first quote-unquote podcast, but it really was uh, the explosion of the podcast phenomenon with uh, one particular podcast called Serial back in the early teens on NPR. That still was the number one uh, hit podcast of all time. And interestingly enough, um, the guys who really got this thing going too were the comics. A lot of comedians were just doing it as a way to sit around after gigs and talk. But yeah, it's exploded and uh, the numbers are staggering. It, it, they're in the millions already and hundreds of thousands are joining every single year with an unlimited range of topics. So in your view, what makes a good or a bad podcast? Well, it's like anything else. First of all, content matters, and there's so much content in the world. This is an opportunity, as you're going to prove very ably, <laughs> to direct a lot of content to a specifically targeted audience. So the concept is great. I think it's all about execution and promotion and follow-up. We teach intro podcast courses to people who are just curious. And the first thing we say is, well, you have something to say, right? Uh-huh. Do you know your audience? Target your audience. Okay. Step three is try as best you can to sound as good as you can. But people will listen if it's listenable and interesting. And then the final piece of the puzzle is twofold, consistency and promotion. If you do a podcast in July and then you don't do another one until December and then you do two in February and one in the following August, <laughs> you're not developing a continuity. So it's all about getting subscribers and downloads. And it's all about promoting your work via social media channels and also through the other podcasters you're going to meet, such as me. A after that, it's subjective. So if you have something to say and you're consistent and you know your audience, that's most of the game. Right. And podcasts take different formatic approaches. There are some that are a 10 or even a 30-minute monologue, which is absolutely fine. Yeah. But many of them, such as the one we're doing and the ones I do for the most part, are conversations. 
And what we're doing right now is offering people a chance to eavesdrop on the conversation of something in their realm that the the listeners want to hear about. So the point is, radio on demand means I can listen to what I want to listen to. I can listen to your show anytime I want, and I can stop in the middle and come back to it, which makes a podcast very convenient. Definitely. As a lifestyle solution, people get into a habit and they think, oh, whenever I walk the dog, I'm going to listen to a podcast. When I'm driving to work, I'm going to listen to a podcast. And so it becomes part of their routine. That's so well put. I sometimes tell folks it's a three T approach, traffic, treadmill, train, and you can extend that to doing any kind of activity. And there are so many different ways to import them into your phone or into your laptop, your tablet, all kinds of spaces, all kinds of headphone apparatus. Perfect segue. Since this podcast does focus on tech solutions, how much can you speak to the tech that enables podcasting? You alluded to this earlier that the tech does matter. For instance, what sort of advice do you give to folks who are looking to set up their own podcasting rig right in their own homes? Absolutely. And I should interrupt you for a second. I'm enjoying the role reversal that you're on my show and I'm asking you about tech. That's (laughs) that's exactly opposite to our our previous relationship. Well, turnabout is fair play. As far as tech goes, keep it simple. First off, most people out there listening have their laptop or tablet. They have an opportunity to record into that. These days there's free software, GarageBand, Audacity.com, et cetera. We use something called SoundForge, which I've used for 25 years, yeah. and it's very user-friendly. But as far as recording, it's, it's all about the microphone, quite frankly. Yeah. And for most people starting out, they don't necessarily need a mixer. I'll get to that in a second. They need a, a solid USB microphone that plugs directly into the computer, hopefully one that has access to a headphone jack. The Blue Yeti, which everybody knows in podcast land is probably the best starting microphone. It's it's about $140 retail. Yeah. And what I love about it is it's got a pretty decent sound and you can plug your phones directly in and vo- run your volume on your headphones. It's also got various settings for omnidirectional, unidirectional. It's not a bad microphone for what you're dealing with. And, and what you don't know mm-hmm. is that I happen to be on one right now. Ah. So my voice is being recorded through a, a Blue Yeti, the Yeti X actually. Okay, that's awesome. And the two things is the sound of the room. And because microphones, even the Blue Yetis and the Yetis are so directional, DIY is the best way to go. For starters, just use little short room dividers and blankets. I'm serious. Hmm. Carpeted floor, away from the window. Try to build even a cardboard box around the microphone and you lean into it. I've read different things about how to do the blankets and and you literally mean hanging blankets on the walls to dampen the sound so it doesn't bounce around and I've, I've heard some people actually will sit right in front of a closet full of coats because that actually dampens the sound when the pandemic started back in march and i wasn't coming into my studio i i did the wife's closet broadcast studio setup right away Yep. It worked brilliantly. It was one of the best sound deadening areas because she has a lot of clothes uh, that I could come <laughs> up with. But the, the key to everything in audio is hearing it and understanding what it sounds like. So you can do tests and see if there's a hollow sound, if there's a buzz in the microphone, all those kinds of things you can eradicate. The third thing I wanted to mention, though, Scott, 
and I'm sure you're going to cover this in more detail. They are coming out with some amazing podcast kits that are terrific for starters or for anyone. Yeah. One is called the Roadcaster Pro, yeah. which is a terrific mini board. It's about a foot and a half long. It weighs under 10 pounds. It has four microphone inputs, both uh, XLR, which is the traditional you know, three-pronged jack, and yep. USB. You can record phone calls. It's got a card, so you can record directly into it. Yep. I choose to patch out into my computer and into my sound. Where it, it's excellent quality. I highly recommend it if, if you're doing a multi-person show or if you want to interview people on the phone or online. Yeah. Great, great for $600. So this is a USB mixer. It's a USB mixer, but has, as I say, the mic inputs that enable you to plug in mics like the one I'm using here. So instead of sitting in front of a giant mixing board with your arms spread out that big, this is everything all in one. Everything all in one. It's, it's absolutely uh, delightful to play with. It even has pads where you can input music and sound effects. Some are already loaded in. I've been around a long time doing this and I'm blown away by what's happening now. I do have a couple of USB mixing devices that I'm gonna be testing. So we will talk about that. And actually in the next episode of the Family CTO, we're gonna be discussing microphones, including some of the latest models. A microphone stand, now I'm using one that's a boom that's actually uh, screwed into the desk because that's a studio mic but you do not need that but you should get a solid stand with um, the ability to move the mic here and there and it should be at your level i think the most important thing though again is being able to hear what you're recording as you're yeah. recording in the studio we use akg headsets but you don't have to go crazy you can get a pair of headphones for 35 dollars and just make sure these are headsets or headphones and not earbuds because you really have to know inside your head what it's going to sound like as it leaves your mouth and goes through the mixer. Also, you don't want headphones that are necessarily going to color what you want. You'd want something that's more of what we would call a clean sound or a natural studio sound. Yeah, I, I think depending on how advanced people can get, there are add-ons to your software packages that will allow you to add compression, which builds up the voice or brings down some of the highs and sort of squeezes it together. It's a little more technical, not necessary, but normalization of levels. That's a big thing you want to watch for. If you're listening to something and you hear somebody asking a question and the answer is booming and it's yeah. screaming at you, or worse, if you can't hear somebody because they're off mic, that's going to chase away listeners. The other thing that we haven't really touched on is music and oh, good point. I, I think if I can really make this point and, and hammer it home, folks don't take it lightly. You cannot use public music of any kind, whether it's a TV theme music you heard on some movie, all of that is licensed to the publishers and composers, right? Even three seconds or four seconds of a Beach Boys song is going to get you in big trouble. They're going to do a cease and desist. They might even kick you off the podcast platforms because it's, it's not humans listening. It's machines. It's AI. And so my advice to everybody out there is either create something of your own that you own or purchase music through a 
legitimate music license company. Small money may cost you $75, $150 to have the music and own it. Do it that way, and you'll be a much happier camper. The one we use, we're very happy with it, is GMP Music. Just a Google search for uh, music bed service or music for podcasts. Now, I will say that on YouTube, you can type in free music for use or something to that effect. But you better, better be careful because there might be a stipulation where you've got to give credit to the, the composer. Either way, it's worth checking out. But go to something like GMP Music. We're thrilled with them. Use them for commercials and narrations, but also for podcast intros. I just want to make sure that we, we go back to something from earlier. What things can people do, as you said earlier, to just sort of keep it simple? Well, if you're going to experiment, experiment with stuff that's simple and and low cost. The only thing I would warn people about, there are turnkey podcast programs and podcast companies, which actually are very helpful because they'll edit for you. They will allow you to produce into their software. They will place it up online for a monthly fee. The one drawback to some of these is that you don't end up owning your intellectual property. They do. You have to be a little careful. It's just something you want to think about. I'm, by the way, happy through your auspices to offer any advice to people. You can give them my email. But I'd say keeping it simple is the key. Okay. So we had mentioned in the introduction what Chart Productions does, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention that you guys actually train voiceover artists and coach podcasters. So can you tell me more about what services and facilities you offer those types? Well, thank you. Certainly. We've been doing voiceover work ourselves and have produced thousands of commercials and narrations over the many years. We've also taught, as you say, voiceover uh, technique to hundreds over the years. And I still do that. But now with the advent of podcasting, Scott, we are helping people get into the groove and understand what their role as host is. So that means their voice, breath control, microphone technique, but it also means formatting and how to interview and tips on how to open a, a show and close a show. Uh, also tips on what you should think about when you're editing. And then the other side of our work is the production end. So we're working on about, I would say between 15 and 20 podcasts a week to two weeks. Many of them are very easy. They come in, we enhance the sound, we edit them and send them back out again. That's what we're doing for the most part. Great. So there's an art to the, the craft, the science behind the art. Couldn't agree with you more. The one really neat aspect for people starting out is that you can have a podcast. And unlike radio, which, you know, I work for one station, I can't then work for three others in the same market. I can do 15 podcasts. And you do. <laughs> and I do. Oh, they're all different subjects, of course, but I can, I can be in different places at the same time, which is so much fun for me. And just remember, this is not about being perfect. There is no such thing. But it's totally within the realm of acceptability for you to stumble and fumble and be human. Just you know, a level of professionalism, but no one expects you to take out every breath and take out every um and and try to create something that's artificial. So just relax, chill out. You'll get better as you go along. And that's that's great advice for me as we're starting out in our very first episode. I'll try not to be too hard on myself. 
Don't be. You're such a great guy. I, uh, let me just put a little note in here for the audience. Scott would be one of these troopers who would come in on the air at one, two, three in the morning. I could always count on you. You always brought a level of not just information, but entertainment. As long as, And you will do that with this podcast. You will make this entertaining because of the conversation that you're going to create. So I, I can't tell you how happy I am to, to Thanks. see you do this. And I'm, and I'm looking forward to it. So lastly, just to wrap up, I, I know you always have a lot of irons in the fire and you've been generous with your time for various charities. What sort of upcoming projects or events should our audience know about? Well, the, the one that I'm kind of proud of, is I've, I've actually written a book. You talk about writing. I've written my own little short radio memoir, uh, my radio love of 50 years of love affair with radio or something like that. I know 50 years. So it's hard to believe. Wow. I started when I was, I started when I was 12 in amateur circles, but I'm going to do what I've often done to dedicate every proceed, every penny of every sale to Boston Children's Hospital, which has been my charity for a long time through the radio work I've done. So that's coming up. And because with COVID and what's going on, a lot of events that I would normally do for charities, I would host and MC events are now happening online. So I just did one last night for the Epilepsy Foundation of New England, and I have one for the Mass General Cancer Center. I'm volunteering my time to do basically a television show that's going to be a streaming service. So I, I think that's going to be something that I'll be doing more of because one of the few talents I have is to sit there and talk. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. And, and there are a lot of other local charities that I'm actually helping by interviewing and putting together PSA projects for the radio, especially during this time. So great. Very gratifying. Wow, Jordan, it, it's always so great to hear from you. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. Just to reiterate what I said in the introduction, it's been an honor. Well, Scott, when you asked me to do this, I was tickled because you and I have done so much communicating over the years. This is a whole new, wonderful adventure for you. And the, the content in your basket has got to be bursting. So I am excited. I'm, I'm going to subscribe immediately. And I really, really, really wish you the best. Thanks very much. In this gadget segment, we're going to talk in detail about devices related to this episode's discussion topic. And since earlier in this episode, Jordan Rich mentioned podcasting kits, let's go over two good ones I've been reviewing. The Voco Pro Streamer Live and the Shure MV88 Plus. We'll put links in this episode's description for both of these products. Okay, let's start with the Voco Pro. In case you haven't heard of the company, it's V-O-C-O-P-R-O. They've been around a while. I mostly think of them for karaoke systems, but they make all sorts of audio gear from mixers and recorders to wireless audio transmitters like a guitarist might use and more. According to their site, their Streamer Live product retails for $179, but I've seen it on other sites for $129, so it's pretty affordable for what you get. It's really an all-in-one kit for audio and video creators. It comes with a good-sized tripod that goes from about 3 feet up to 6 feet tall. On the very top, you can screw in the included 10-inch ring light, which is a good way to even out your lighting to make sure you look good if you're recording video. Uh, just below that sits a little assembly with universal clamps to hold up to two cell phones in case you're using them in the recording process. Below that, we have a fully adjustable boom, 
which is a long sort of arm that's adjustable in any direction, which lets you position the included condenser microphone however you want. So it's as close as needed to your mouth or an instrument you're playing. And lastly, my favorite part of this setup, the USB audio interface. Yes, it comes with 16 sound effects. And yes, I'm recording on it now. But more than just a way to add fun noises to your recordings, it's actually very functional. Into this USB interface, you can plug up to two microphones, two sets of headphones, two mobile phones, and then another audio source like a music player. In turn, it plugs via USB into your computer, ergo why it's called a USB interface. That's what powers the device, charging its battery, and allowing it to record into a program on your computer, such as GarageBand if you're on a Mac, or Audacity for Windows users. Some of the other cool things it does include adjusting the overall volume, the treble, and the bass, as well as the volume level of the sound effects and any inputs. That affects how loud they sound while you're listening and in the actual recording. But you can also adjust the reverb. That's that echoey sound you hear when you... Oh, wait a minute. That's that echoey sound you hear when people are singing. But I'm not going to torture you with my singing, so you'll have to take my word for it. It can also adjust the pitch of your voice to try to make you sound a little better if you're singing or if you want your voice to sound higher or than usual. And it has some other cool features depending on whether you're singing over music, emceeing, or other use cases. Okay, now let's move on to the Shure MV88 Plus video kit. Shure, spelled S-H-U-R-E, are one of the premier microphone makers in the industry and they make all sorts of high-end earphones. In fact, the KSE-1500 electrostatic earphone system they produce and sell for about $3,000, I personally believe to be the most clear, amazing headphones I've ever listened to. And I'm not just saying that because they're expensive, I've actually spent some time with them and tested them against a wide range of other earphones at various prices. In any case, they do also make affordable headphones and other gear and the MV88 Plus is one such item. Based on their very small MV88 digital stereo condenser microphone, the MV88 Plus is the ultimate for audio and video creation on the go. Right now, I'm seeing it for $149 on the Shure site, and actually, it appears to be selling for much more elsewhere. So shop around, but you may just want to stick with the vendor site in this case. Similar to the Voco Pro, Shure's mobile recording kit features a stand and an integrated universal phone holder, but this tripod is only about six or seven inches tall and the smooth rounded legs collapse to form a very comfortable grip that's super handy for carrying around this little rig. The phone holder sits just above the tripod legs and the microphone, which is only three inches long with the included foam windscreen, is securely snapped into its mounting bracket on top. Altogether, it's just under a foot long, 
and it allows you to live stream, vlog, or just record high-quality audio pretty much wherever you are, especially with the Shure Plus Motive app. That's M-O-T-I-V. If you don't use the app, you can still record. Just connect one of the included cords from the mic to your Android or iOS phone. That overrides your phone's built-in mic, and then you can use whichever app you want to record audio and or video. But if you do use the app, you can control all sorts of stuff. For instance, the gain on the mic, or essentially how sensitive the mic is. That describes how many details it picks up. The graphic equalizer. You can toggle between preset modes for recording, speaking, singing, instruments, and music, which adjusts how wide the area is that you wish to pick up and record. And you can further fiddle with the shape of the primary recorded sound area. For example, if you're vlogging, you might want it to pick up everything around you to give a sense of the environment in which you're recording. Whereas if you're interviewing a guest, you'll probably want it mostly to just pick up the sound of each of your voices. And if you're podcasting, like we are now, you might want what's called a cardioid or heart-shaped pattern that mostly just picks up the sound of your voice right near the mic. I'm about six inches away right now. Generally, condenser mics tend to pick up whatever your ears can hear, whether it's a dog barking in the distance, a plane flying by, a loud dishwashing machine in the next room, whatever. So selecting a cardioid recording pattern, as we did just before this recording, can at least partially tune those out. In fact, right now, I'm standing in my kitchen, definitely not a soundproof booth. Really, it's pretty much just the opposite with hardwood floors. It's very echoey and tends to have lots of stuff going on in the background. But even with all of that, it still sounds pretty good, right? So, back to recording on Blue Microphone's USB microphone, the Yeti X. Those are two very cool kits you may want to consider if you're getting into audio and or video production. The VocoPro Streamer Live and Shure MV88 Plus video kit can each be found for under 150 bucks. I tend to go with the very travel-friendly Shure product if I were an on-the-go kind of vlogger or if I cared more about the audio quality and having finer control over those settings. And the VocoPro product is an affordable solution for folks looking to set up a fairly easy but competent and fun little recording studio in their home office. Thanks again to this episode's guest, my friend, colleague, mentor, and inspiration, Mr. Jordan Rich. This podcast, copyrighted 2020, is the intellectual property of The Family CTO, a division of The Gadget Concierge Incorporated. All rights reserved.